Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast. My name is Michael Bath. This is Owner Stories Day today. It's Tuesday. Uh, today is the day where I speak to a owner from around the world, a Porsche owner, not necessarily a 911 owner, a Porsche owner from around the world. Uh, and the whole, you know, I don't really say this anymore. I used to say it in the earlier episodes, but it's like this whole um, series, this Porsche Cooled Owner Stories series was about, you know, in my mind, it was like, you know, each Porsche, and I used to say this in the beginning, and I haven't been saying it, like I said, each Porsche tells a different story, and each owner has a story to tell. And that's what Owner Stories of the Porsche School Podcast is all about. Every story is important. Every story has a little twist. Every story has a common thread that we can all relate to. And I think that's why you guys really enjoy um, hearing other people's stories and, and listening to their, to their Porsche journey. Um, anyway, so... I'm about to be joined. I just see, uh, Al, Al, I think it's Alan, and I'm going to check with him. I'm not sure if it's Alan or Alan. It's probably Alan. I'm just going to connect up with Alan shortly. He's joining me from Antwerp, I think it is. He's in Antwerp in Belgium. Uh, Alan is an automotive photographer. He's fully immersed in uh, car passion. He's, he's a Porsche guy. Uh, he's also got another car, which we're going to talk about. Uh, I think it's going to be a good one. I've been wanting to get Alan on for some time. Uh, we managed to sort out a time, so... Let's, uh, let me get him on the line now. Let me join to Zoom. Let me just hook up to Zoom uh, and get Alan on and start talking about his Porsche Gould owner's story. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Porsche Gould podcast. Like I said, we're on owner's stories. We're actually on owner's stories number 45. Uh, so it looks like we are going to get to 50. I never thought I'd actually get to 50 owner stories, but I think we, we may actually get there because I've got a few more people lined up in the, in the next coming weeks. Um, so like I said, today I'm, I'm joined by um, Alan, and Alan's coming in from Antwerp in Belgium. And as I said in the little intro, Alan has got an interesting story. He's, he's got his first Porsche, uh, he's got another really interesting car, and he's also an automotive photographer. Good morning, Alan. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for... Yeah, uh, well. I'm glad we uh, managed to get the time organized. We've been talking for a while yeah. uh, to get you on the yeah. uh, owner stories. Uh, it's uh, it's been a long journey, uh, but I, I can imagine you get a lot more to do than just uh, doing these podcasts. So uh. yeah, this is the I always find that the podcast, even though I, I always complain about being busy all the time in you know on the episode with Steve or on owner stories, I find these I find these really relaxing. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of yeah. like you know it's it's like my fun time. It's like washing a car or looking yeah. at looking at your Porsche in the garage. I find it like it's it's a time where you just you know I can clear my head. Mm. Um, so that side of it, I, I really enjoy. Let's get it. Let's get straight into your story. Cause I think we have quite a few things to chat about today, especially on the photography side and, and, and your car side. Um, so we always like, I always like to start with the same story, Alan is like where it all began for you with Porsche. Um, you know, for me, it started much later in life. You know, I, I have only had my first Porsche for the last, you know, almost five years. Um, I always wanted one. It was all about, you know, bad timing and not enough money. Um, how did it all start with you? When did you start first noticing Porsche? Was it when you were young, living, uh, living in Antwerp, living in Belgium, or was it a little bit later in life you started to look at Porsches and think, hey, I, I might, want, might want one of those? Well, it, it actually started uh, later in, in, in life. Uh, I have mine now for a couple of years, but previously um, it, it was all other cars I never had a specific eye for, for a Porsche. 
Um, I don't have a story like when I was a child, I, I got to drive one or I don't have it. Um, fondest memory I have of, um, of Porsches and, and the, the, the model uh, I most like is a 964. Uh, when I was younger, just getting my uh, license, um, I was 18, something like that. Uh, I saw one at a, at a car meeting with uh, tuned cars. Uh, it was a lowered 964. Um, it was a relatively newer car back then. And yes. um, that's something that's that always stuck with me. Uh, it's, it's the model that I like. And there was a model that was uh, around when I was growing up. So, but it's, it's nothing specific. It, it all came later in life uh, when I met some, some people and, and started uh, photography. That's when Porsche came really into my life. So when you were growing up, did your dad have, did you have cars in the family that were like something that you were interested in? Were there, were there many cars in your family or was it, was it not really part of your life even in that side of it? Like not necessarily Porsche, but other cars? Yeah, there were uh, was a lot of cars. Uh, my my father was an um, after hours mechanic, and uh, he he uh, drove a lot of um, Vauxhall in in England. It's called here. It's Opel. Yes. And um, I used to have some of them uh, at the, at the same time I, when I was growing up. It was uh, VW, Volkswagen. Uh, and, and Opel, but especially Volkswagen. I used to go to school um, and uh, when you get uh, sick of school uh, here in, in Belgium, you can go to, uh, it's, it's called, in English, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's, it's four days in the week you work and one day uh, you go to school. And I, I used to do that as a, as a car mechanic. Okay, like in a, I think you know, in Australia they call it apprenticeship. It's called an apprenticeship. So you actually oh, yeah, train yeah. and work at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's more work and, and less school. So it's it's good for the people who don't, who who are sick of school, don't want to go to school all the time. Uh, like me, I, I wasn't motivated to stay in school and and the mechanic parts. Uh, it it really drew me in and. It was uh, successful, so I earned my degree there and always been into cars, but not especially uh, Porsche or anything, just cars. Okay. So when you started, when you started working, when you, you know, after you did your training, so you, would, you were working as a mechanic? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, the, the apprenticeship, like you call it, uh, it's three years and then you get a sort of a degree in, in mechanic. And then um, I, I went on. I, I always wanted to do bodywork um, okay. in, in a shop, but this was more mechanical. Um, and then after the mechanical part, I went uh, and worked for a body shop. Okay. Wow, so you, you uh, really have, so you've been in that, the whole car scene for a long, you know, starting, you know, from where you are now, yeah. from where it started in the beginning. So what sort of cars were you working on in, in, when you were a mechanic? Just local well, European cars? Yeah, yeah it, it, it was a crazy shop. I, um, it was specialized and it only did v, uh, VW uh, Golfs. All right. So it didn't do anything else. So it was the Golf 1, the Golf 2 and the Golf 3. 
All right. Uh, the the four was the end of where I said that uh, business model doesn't have a chance to survive. And and starting at uh, Golf Four, I I left and went uh, for a body shop to work for a body shop. So you're you're quite a specialist on the early early golfs. Then have you ever yeah, have you it, ever owned a golf, Alan? Oh yeah, yeah. I got, I got a couple. You had <laughs> I think a couple. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I got a couple. I think four or five uh, different models. Uh, some I, I I drove. I registered it. And some of them uh, didn't. Uh, I just owned them and put them in a garage and said there will be some car for later, but never, never got uh, around to it. So was that the, was the Golf the first sort of memorable, memorable car that you owned? Was that the first car, you know, out of, out of studying you you bought a Golf? What, what Mark Golf did you buy? What was the first one? Well, the first one I got was uh, Golf uh, 2. Okay. Uh, second model, uh, a 1.3, um, but nothing special. But in, in, in the time, um, I was working, uh, and as a apprenticeship, you get a little bit of money, not much. It, it was barely something, but all my friends didn't, right, they went to school and, and didn't get any money. So I was getting a little bit of money. And I put it right into the car. So another seat, uh, lowering it, uh, getting rings. And I had a car. All of my friends in the neighborhood didn't have cars, and I had a car. So. And you were doing was, all the work, uh, yeah. and you're doing all the work on it yourself as well, right? Because you're you've you've trained on yeah. it. You're starting, you know, so you can you can do a lot more than other people could do because you're doing it yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, what that, happened? That was something special. Yeah, yeah. So what happened up what what's the most what's the notable cars after that, Alan? So you've had the Golf Mark II. That was one of the first notable yeah. ones. You're you're working on golf. So you're a specialist in in, in golf and, and mechanics yeah. of golf. What what was the next memorable car you had along the way? Well, at at the time after the, the Mark II uh, Golf uh, 1.3, uh, I went looking for a GTI. Um, and I had uh, the, the mechanic there, um, the head mechanic who was there a long time. Uh, we were both looking and, and going to view for, for some models. Um, but we didn't find anything. All the cars in my price range wasn't high uh, at yeah. the time. Uh, they were all accidents or, or rust buckets or, or something. They, they were so, um, uh, I, Eventually bought a, a 1.8, had uh, around uh, 90 horsepower, okay. and that was very fast for for that time for me. Yeah, coming from a 1.3 to uh, 1.8, and uh, after that I sold it, um, and we went uh, we went on to um, uh, another Golf, um, uh, Cabriolet Golf One Cabriolet. Uh, but I never drew, drew that, uh, drove that car. And then I had a Golf uh, Mark II. Uh, I was again looking for a GTI. Yeah. So why did you, and, sorry, Alan, why did you not drive the Cabriolet? Why did you not drive the Cabriolet? That was like a, an investment car that you were just going to put aside and watch the values? Or hmm. what was the reason? No, I, I wanted to uh, drive it. But it, it never came to, uh, I had it for six months in the garage and, and I worked on it. Uh, a friend of mine was selling it. 
Um, it was a, a nothing special, but it had a special alarm where you can, with a Clifford alarm, you can, uh, with a remote control, you can start it. Oh, okay. So that was something special. Uh, it was a fun car. Um, just drove it. Uh, I drove it around the block with uh, not registered license and everything. <laughs> but then, then I sold it and and went on to um, uh, the most special golf I, I ever bought. Okay. Um, I was looking for a car, and it was the the owner of the. Um, I had the president of the golf club in Belgium, uh, VW Golf Club in Belgium. It was a very special car. Uh, it was a little bit out of my price range, but uh, the person who was selling it uh, saw that I had interest in it and he lowered the price and he said there was somebody coming to view the car who offered more money than I did. But he thought I would take better care of it, and he sold it to me. And it was a very special golf. It was an all-chrome engine. It has uh, a Lancia interior in it. It was a special color. It was a very beautiful car. So that that was a very special car for me. At the time, we we went uh, on car meetings and, and the tuning scene. And that was something special here in Belgium. You don't see a lot of um, engine modification um, at that time. Uh, and this was very special. It was all clean. It was chrome. It was special. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. How Did you own that car for some time, Alain? Yeah, I think I had it for around five years. And then I, I sold it on again. Because here in Belgium, they are very difficult at uh, uh, inspection of cars. You, you oh, have okay. to go every year. And uh, I had to two days to rebuild the car every every year to go to the, the inspection. It was too much. And every time they, they found something new that was on the car for ages and and they, they will uh, fail me and I had to repeat. I change everything. So they fail you. Oh, it on was the modi- not fun. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. So they fail you on the modifications. Oh. Is that what it is? So any modification yeah. from the factory, you have to. So what do you do yeah. when you take it to inspection? You have to remove the modifications. You have to hide the modifications. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time uh, when I bought it, it was on a coilover suspension. Yes. Um, but then we we moved and we had a, a parking. Uh, in an underground structure and the car wouldn't go down it, it would scrape the bumper and everything <laughs> so so it wasn't good so right. uh, I installed an air ride system on right. the car so but that's not uh, it's not legal so every time I have to go to the inspection I have to take that out it was on the Weber carburetors right um, that's not uh, allowed here so I had to take that one out and why do they make why do they make air suspension not legal though you would think that if that's like an air ride air suspension type system surely a lot of new cars have air suspension it's it's strange yeah. that that would yeah. be something they wouldn't pass isn't it yeah yeah that was this was in in the beginning of the air ride systems and um here in belgium if the car it's not original it's not okay. Oh, okay. okay. Everything you change on a car, it's it's not okay. It's not like 
in in Holland or in Germany, you can get it uh, certified right. with with that specification. But here, you just can't. It's it's a disaster. Okay. All right. So you 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 know you've got the VW bug, you've got the golf bug. You you, you know you're buying lots of golfs. You're buying you know some yeah. very special ones, like you said, from the the president of the yeah. VW club. What what follows that? What follows the special car with the chrome engine? What follows that special uh, golf? How do you how do you get a car that's going to make you as happy as that one? What's the next one that comes? Well, up? Uh, for me, it was it had to be. Um, easy to go to the inspection i was sick and tired of every year taking two days off building the car for inspection so uh, i went and uh, looked for an audi um, a4 the first model the b5 uh, with a 1.8 turbo engine yes so that's what followed um, yeah that's what's followed and and the plan there was just simple modifications because I never had an, an all-original car. I think uh, it's always changed a little bit, lowered a little bit, or um, aluminium wheels on it. So it's always been something something special. And uh, I, I went. I had a very good mate of mine uh, who still worked at uh, the body shop uh, where we both worked. Uh, I, I went on into sales, and um, he still worked there. So. Uh, we got a look for a, a simple car, original with a nice little uh, Recaro interior. Yes. And um, I, I bought it, and um, we both uh, did all the body um, renewed to paint on the outside. Every scratch, every uh, little dent that was in there, it was taken out. And, and made some surfaces very smooth, like the bumpers and everything. So that was a special car. It was just lowered and had nice wheels on it. Um, so I, I only had to, uh, uh, it was also a coilover uh, suspension. Okay. Uh, so if I went to the inspection, I just had to take the wheels off, uh, raise the hi- uh, height of the car and put the original wheels on it. And that was done. It was a couple of hours for the inspection and that was okay. Okay. So you, so. you basically, I mean, it's, it's easy for you because you can do the work yourself. You know what I mean? Like anyone else in, in, no. in Belgium or in Antwerp, it must be, you know, you just can't modify your car. Can you, from what you've said and, mm. and what you have to do, the cost to do that each year would just be crazy to change everything back. No. So were you happy with the Audi, with the A4 Audi in that form? Was it still an enjoyable car, even though you couldn't mod it as much as the as the Golf? Yeah, you come to a certain part in, in, in your life where it's, it's not all show anymore and you don't need all the attention um, from going to meetings. It, it went... Uh, down the, the interest was was less to go to meetings still have fun with the cars and and go on on uh, uh, we, we went to germany with the cars and everything uh, france uh, yeah it, it was uh, it was a, gr- uh, a group of friends with tuned cars uh, and that was a lot of fun and what you said, it's it's difficult for for people to to uh, do those things themselves. But I had lucky to to have uh, Anthony as a as a friend who was uh, the guy who worked at a body shop. Yeah, 
Um, he he went on to work in a local garage and um, he had the keys and we were allowed to work on our cars uh, from the owner uh, and Anthony together we worked in in a in a professional garage on our car so oh, that's it, great that was very fortunate for us and, yeah yeah absolutely so there's a bit of a trend here, um, Alan. There's a trend because the cars you own now, um, and, and the listeners will know the Porsche that you have because it's in the title of the podcast, as I always say. Mm. But there's a trend because if you, uh, you know, I've, I've seen your car many times on Instagram and, you know, I share the, the photos that you, you post on your Instagram because they're always great for photographs mm. of other people's cars. Um, and I've seen, you know, your, uh, your Porsche and your Mercedes that you that you still own. Yeah. And, you know, you're yeah. still doing those little tweaks to the cars. You know, when we start talking about your cars, you, you know, you've done tweaks to the to the Porsche and you've done obviously tweaks and modifications to the to the Mercedes, to the W201. Yeah. So is that what comes next? Is that is that the next memorable car that comes next before we get to the Porsche? Did the Mercedes come before yeah. the Porsche? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I first had the Mercedes because... Again, the, my, my friend Anthony, he, um, he bought one. He was looking for, for a nice uh, old-timer uh, because um, yeah, if, if you go to a car here in, in Belgium, it used to be, if it's 25 years old, it's, it's called an old-timer and you pay ridiculous low tax. But if it's not an old timer and, and you go to, to look for, for a car like the, the, the Audi, the 1.8, it's, it's not very expensive, but it's, it's, yeah, More a fraction expensive. of what you pay for. Yeah. An old timer, I, I, t- I think I pay uh, 34 euros for taxes for a year. Wow. That's great. That's very cheap. Yeah, that's great. That's very yeah. cheap. It's like, um, so I think he, in, yeah, I think, sorry, Alan. I think in, in Australia, no, that's no. like heritage status. They call it heritage plates. Yeah. So you pay very little registration yeah. fee and things like that. Yeah. But I think in Australia, yeah. though, it's cars over 30 years old. has to be over 30 years yeah. old. Now, now here in Belgium, they changed it. Also, the, the last uh, five years, I think, it's, it's now, uh, it has to be 30 years old. But at the time, oh, okay. it was 25. Yeah. So... Before we get into the, I want to talk about the Mercedes in a second. But before we get into that, you know, yeah. you talk about the modifications in Belgium, in, in you know, in Belgium being very strict, and you can't modify your car. Is Belgium an easy place to say, like, you know, you found, say, you find a, a that nine six four that you remember as when you were younger, the nine six four, and you find where some, one somewhere else in the world, in Japan or in in UK, is it easy to import cars that are over 30 years old if you found, a, say, a 1990-964, or is Belgium quite strict on imports of cars? No, I went the, uh, because the, the Mercedes, I imported it from uh, Holland, from the Netherlands. So it's, it, it's a little bit of a hassle, but it's not like uh, I hear the horror stories from people in Australia and everything that it's, it's not here. It's not that difficult. You have to go to customs and, and that's a, a wait sometimes. And, and uh, it takes a, a little bit of time, but it's not a disaster, okay. uh, but I never imported a car from Japan or something. Right. Okay. So, but it's, Okay, so you know, let's talk about let's talk about the Mercedes. So, were you looking when you bought the Mercedes Benz, and you've bought a really good model? Um, so, tell the listeners what you what the Mercedes was. But was that something you were searching out? Like you said, your friend had one. Um, yeah. Was that was that the model in particular you wanted? You wanted the W two hundred one, or you were looking for something else? 
No, I, I was just looking for for a nice old time that I can use more more often to just to go out and drive. Uh, what uh, car that wouldn't disappoint in in driving, and that was uh, reliable. And uh, my friend Anthony, he bought the the same car, but in a two liter model. And when we drove it, it, it was unbelievable. It was driving very soft on the highway. It had a little power, not too much, but it, it, it's uh, an automatic for the time. I think he has an 89 and um, I had an 88. So after I, I took a drive with him, I was sold on the model and I started looking for one for myself. And I found it in in the Netherlands, a 2.3 model, um, not extremely uh, high mileage for a Mercedes, uh, in in good uh, good condition, with just here and there uh, a little bit of uh, trouble with the alternator um, driving home, um, but for the rest, it, it's a car that it drives unbelievably well. Um, even my wife, it's, it's an automatic, the, the Mercedes, uh, my wife rather drove the Mercedes <laughs> than the Audi, Really, the Audi, it was, yeah, she didn't like to drive because it was that low and, and yeah. the wheels on it, but with the Mercedes, she doesn't, she doesn't mind, uh, so it drives the, very good. But the automatic transmission on the Mercedes is actually okay. Yeah, it's 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 good for that age. Uh, I, I I used to drive uh, uh, for the for the garage uh, Golf um, uh, automatics, and that's an all different story than the Mercedes. The Mercedes it shifts really smooth for for that age. Um, yeah, it's it's very fun to drive. It, it has a, the springs uh, in the seat, so you go yeah. up and down a little bit when when you drive. But it makes it really soft. I mean, it's a nice looking car. That's the one on your Instagram, right? The it's like a what color is yeah. it? Is it silver? I don't. It's, yeah, it uh, Porsche uses the same color. It's uh, smoke silver, I think it's called. It's a good color, and it's got the uh, plastic yeah. sort of protection strips at the bottom, doesn't it? That classic yeah. classic yeah. feature the, of that, yeah. that range. I mean, it's a great Mercedes. I'll just tell the listeners. Sorry, Alan. I'll just tell the listeners if you want to go and look at the cars when we're talking about them, and see Alan's photography skills, which are really very very good. Uh, Alan's Instagram is at Alan A L A N. Is it Vertomon? Is that how you say your surname? Vertomon, yeah. Vertomon, Vertomon, yeah. which is V-E-R-T-O-M-E-N, photography. So it's at Alain Vertomon Photography. I'll put the link in the bio yeah. anyway, but if you listen to this podcast now, yeah. um, you can listeners can check out the cars as we're talking about them because we're going to get onto the Porsche shortly. Yeah, there's been a big interest in those W201s, hasn't there? There's a lot of people wanting them now, and I've noticed, I've noticed the prices in the UK, and I've noticed the prices in Australia have, have risen quite quickly. Um, this is a car you still own, isn't it? You still have this car. Yeah, yeah. that's a car I, I use more often than the, than the Porsche. The Porsche is very low, and, and it drives very well, but it's, it's not a car that you say, uh, I'll, I'll go to the shop with it or, or something. It's, it's in the garage. And the Mercedes I use more often uh, than the other car. It's it's very spacious. Uh, we just went to a, a weekend away with uh, with the wife and the kids, 
So uh, we needed an extra car for, for the materials and we took the Mercedes. Uh, fun to drive it. So all the rumors, sorry, Alain, all the rumors about that model of Mercedes are true then. It's a really reliable car because I always read that people have those cars. They've got, you know, 300,000, 250,000, 200,000 yeah. kilometers on them and there's no issue. They're very, you know, they're, they're yeah. built like a tank, as people say. So that, that is true yeah. for that model? Yeah, for, for the years and the kilometers I, I did with it, um, it only let me down once um, and, and that was uh, nothing seriously. I couldn't figure out what it was and I needed to go to a specialist uh, and he said it was a combination with uh, the fuel, um, um, not the tank, but the, to get the fuel in front of the car. Okay. Um, it's like the fuel pump, and, isn't it? Uh, the fuel pump, thank you, yeah. The fuel pump and the ignition, there was something wrong and it, that, that was one thing that he let me down and the sunroof. Um, yeah, so just typical, the day typical before, things. Yeah, the, the day before I, I went uh, with my friend Anthony uh, to Scotland on a, on a road trip, um, I was opening and closing the sunroof and it jammed on me. So... Um, yeah, because I, you know, when I was talking to Dan on the previous owner stories who had the 944, he was saying that he had yeah. issues with his sunroof and his 944. And he said that it actually works. See, I don't even know some of these old Porsches and old Mercs. And, and he said the 944's pulley system was in the, in the trunk, in the boot. Yeah. And it's some pulley system yeah. that works that he was going to try and work out how to fix. They get complicated, don't they? Some of the early cars, the '80s cars, and some of the even the '70s Porsches and stuff with sunroofs. They must yeah. be, uh, you know, if they don't work, I, I just don't know how you'd work out how to how to fix them. Really, um, yeah, they're very. Yeah, complicated. it's 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 more more complicated. In the Mercedes, it's the same. The, the engine is in the back, and and it's a a pull system like uh, like Dan said. Um, but, um, which, yeah, it was just the evening before we, we left to, to Scotland. Um, so I was figuring with it and trying to make it work and, and all what it now is, it works, but, uh, it's, uh, out of alignment. Oh, so right, uh, right. when I try to open it, it closes and, and everything. So, but it, it it works. It's it's not broken, but it's out of alignment. So. Right, right. Okay, so you've got you've got the Mercedes W two hundred one. You're still driving that. You're still enjoying it. It's like your daily car, isn't it? It's the car that you've been yeah. using a lot. Yeah. I want to get onto the road trips towards the end of the podcast because I did see your photos yeah. on your Instagram in Scotland. So I want to I want to ask about that because that's a long journey. So that would be that's yeah. a very interesting uh, story there. I'm sure. So when does the Porsche come then? You said to me, I think you owned the Porsche for about three years. Is that the next car that comes along, or is there something else in, be in between? Because this this the Porsche that you bought is your first Porsche, right? You haven't had one before that. Yeah, 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 yeah. The 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 Porsche, I I just bought. Um, let's see, uh, the the beginning of two thousand nineteen, and um, the the professional what I do uh, photography is after hours. So and and it started to generate a little bit of money, and uh, I once had the opportunity to, to buy a Porsche and uh, also a, a good story at, at the time is uh, I was looking for a 944 
because I, I love the, like you said to Dan, the, the wedge shape of, of the car, uh, the wide in the front, the doors narrow and the rear uh, widen again. Uh, I love that shape and I didn't actually like the 924 um, because if you don't have the spoiler in the back, the, it's it's very round and some people like it, but I didn't like it. So I never looked at that car because I loved the 944 uh, through how it looks. And uh, at the time, um, I was looking for a model and a friend of mine, uh, Rico Customs, I don't know if you know him from Instagram. I, I do actually. Great, great cars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he makes unbelievable cars. Uh, I met him to to Bart, uh, Bart Kakis from a Flat Six Love Affair. And uh, he, he went on through road trips with us. So he's, he's friends and, and um, he had one as a replacement car for between builds of cars. He had a white 944. And um, I was interested in the car and he said, yeah, come and buy it. Let's... Uh, Check it out, and then you can see if you if you like it or not. And uh, I went uh, over there, and there were uh, nothing hidden. But he said this is an issue, this and you need to be fixed. And and um, I fell in love with the car with the nine four four. And I said, yeah, I'll I'll take it. Um, and he said, no, you go home, you think about it, you add up okay. all all the costs. And then you decide, uh, you're not going to tell me now um, what was great advice at the time. I said, uh, just go home, think about it, give it a few days, uh, do the math on the car, see if you can afford it. Because if you, if you can't afford all the things you want to do to it, it's going to sit in your garage and you're, go- you're not going to enjoy it. So I went home, talked to my friends uh, how much the repairs would be and uh, what I can do myself and what I have to uh, spend out and somebody else has to do it. And um, I went online uh, at a, uh, here you call it a secondhand uh, place, marketplace. Okay. And um, I had seen it before, this 924, and uh, I saw it again and it, it was just an unbelievable price. So I said to my friend, Anthony, you want to go and check it out? And we checked it out. And yeah, I fell in love with that car. Um, and and I, I called Rico and I said, I'm not going to do it. And he, he said, I think that's a good thing uh, for you. And um, now he's very curious because he never seen a 924. Uh, but he's curious uh, for, for when the car, uh, he will see it in real life. Yeah, so the so the nine four four, the white nine nine four four, that was a a stock standard car that that yeah, Rico had. Yeah, it was it a stock to, standard car, but yeah. it just had a few issues yeah. that had to be that you couldn't do all no. of them yourself. You couldn't work on all of them yourself. Yeah, it it was uh, body uh, body work. Oh, okay. Um, it it had a dent in the um, just under the door. Okay. Um, and and it was a pretty good, it was nothing serious you can drive the car fine for the, it was a very good car a very good base to start with but the things i wanted to do to it will cost me a lot of money and i guess sorry alan i guess for the listeners for any of the listeners that are not really sure what the difference is between a 924 and a 944 um i have a vague idea what it is and and as you said previously it's like the body uh the 944 has 
more flared guards, right? It has the flared guards. Yeah. It has the spoiler, which gives you that that kind of shape at the back, which does yeah. look a little bit better. Um, and the nine four four has the nine four four was was that eighty three the nine four four Alan around about eighty three model one. Um, I yeah, think. something something like that. Eighty four, eighty three or eighty four. Like yeah. yeah, and the nine four four, to my knowledge, it had a it obviously had a bigger engine. But is that the only difference? I mean, the way I see a nine two four, and I know you've got one, and we want to get into that. But the way I see a nine two four, it's like it's like the very first model of the nine two eight. If you look at the very first model of the nine two eight, which is what seventy eight, I think. And you look at the later models, the later models, the newer models of the 928, there's quite a big difference in the body shape. Like the 928-78 model is very clean, very simple, very rounded. I know it's a rounded shape, but but then it gets, in the latter years, it looks starts to look a bit more chunky, a little bit different to me. This, they do subtle changes to the body on those 928s, which look different. And that's kind of how I see the 924 to the 944. Um, and also I see the 924 a little bit like how I'm really keen on getting a 912. It's a little bit like what the 912 is aligned to the 911. I don't know if you agree with that. It's kind no. of like almost the same where it's a little bit underpowered, but then the experience of no. it is still there um, and you can still really enjoy the car. Like it's a fun car. No. Would you see it that yeah, way? It's, it's a little it, bit that way, right? It's, it's, it's similar in, indeed. It, it has um, the, the 924 started with a two liter engine. They came out of uh, uh, Volkswagen um, uh, K100 or, or now the K100 and the, the LT, the, the van. Uh, it's just a 2.0 uh, with 125 horsepower. When you went to the 944, you started at uh, 165 horsepower and, and uh, an engine that was built by Porsche. Yeah. So the so the it's very, very similar, actually, very similar to nine, a little bit similar to 912s in a way, a little bit similar yeah, engine wise. Yeah. So let's just go back. You 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 know you contacted your your friend, your buddy. Um, you found this 924. It's obviously a lot cheaper than the 944 that Rico had. Yeah. So how long half. does it half, – half the price, really. How long does half it take price, you to make yeah. the decision? So you, you said this car wasn't – it wasn't local. It's in Holland. How do you go about buying this car then? Well, the, the 924 was in, uh, in Belgium. The, the 944 was uh, from Rico. It oh, was okay. in, in okay. Holland. Uh, but the uh, uh, 924 was, uh, was here in Belgium. Uh, it was around 50, 60 kilometers from where I lived. Uh, but when, when I went to look at it, uh, I took my buddy, uh, Anthony, and uh, we went to check out uh, the car, but they were working in this guy's street. Uh, so we only had a few uh, meters of uh, driveway where I can drive the car, but it actually looked like it looks now. Um, it, it was already painted. It already had those wheels on it, the interiors. There was just some minor things wrong with it. It, it had a leak in the radiator. Okay. Um, it had a little bit of rust. Uh, so some minor details that were wrong with the car. But overall, when I looked at the car with those wheels and the color and the spoiler in the back from a 944, um, it, it just got me. It, it looks fantastic. Um, I, I was hooked on the car. Yeah, it does. And, it, looks, um, it looks great. And, in, and the listeners should look yeah. at your Instagram and take a look at it. It looks great. So tell the listeners exactly yeah. what it is, Alan. Tell them exactly what the model year is 
of the options that you knew came with the car when it was standard, the interior. Yeah. Um, just give the, the listeners a bit of an overview of what you bought. Well, I, I bought uh, at that time, it was a 924 from uh, 78. Um, it had, uh, it's just a, a small digit uh, uh, speedo. So it had uh, 34,000 kilometers, but it will be probably 134 uh, kilometers, thousand kilometers. Um, it's uh, painted in Nardo Gray from the Audi RS6. It has uh, it's been lowered. Uh, in the front, it's lowered with uh, coilover suspension from a Golf 1. Um, and in the back, the spindles, uh, the torsion bar are uh, lowered. And then you have an adjustment, so that's lowered as well. So it's a very low car. And it has 17-inch uh, um, OZ racing uh, wheels in it. Uh, pretty unique models. Uh, so, and the interior, I don't know what, uh, I was looking up, uh, what the, the pattern, how it's called, but I couldn't find a, a, a fabric, uh, name okay. on it. So what do the seats have? Yes. Do the seats have the Porsche script on the seats or are they one of the, no, pat- no, no, are they, they no. pattern seats? Yeah, it's it's actually gray and white stripes, just small stripes looking oh, sometimes okay. like an arrow, but if, uh, it's not uh, Pasha or or it's anything Pasha. special. It, no, 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 no. It's, it's is it the black alarm? It's the black with the silver kind of stripe. It almost looks like a not corduroy. I don't know if you know if corduroy is the word you know, but it's black with silver stripes. Is it that fabric? Oh, it's it's, it's small, small. Uh, uh, small uh, stripes. Maybe I can can show you a picture. Um, just let me see here. Okay, so this I'll just keep talking. But this car, the car you bought, so the the guy you bought it from had done all these modifications. So you go and look at the car when you before you you know hand over your money. Do you give it? Do you give it a good check over? How do you do that? You're a mechanic, so you, you've worked on VWs. You you know you've worked on other cars. What do you, what yeah. process did you go through, Alan, when you before you handed over your cash to buy this car? Well, just uh, me and my friend Anthony, we we checked the car. We um, I had uh, looked up some uh, troubleshooting from where you have to because I wasn't familiar with the model. So what do you have to look out for if you're buying that car? The which are the places that had rust and everything? So I, I checked that out on the internet and I went to look at the car so I knew where the, the trouble spots were and what I had to look out for and so that's that's actually it. So was there much so when you checked it out everything was it was in pretty good condition. There was not really that much wrong with it. Oh okay. No, that's, it was actually yeah okay. that's the interior. Oh it's like can, herring can it's like a it? yeah it's like a um I just tell the listeners it's like a uh, I would call that herringbone. I would call it a herringbone fabric. Yeah. Um, that's what Some, it usually is called like in clothing. Yeah. yeah, it's nice, nice fabric, nice fabric. Yeah, and it it was uh, all new. Um, it, it was uh, reupholstered, um, so no, nothing on the car in the interior was was bad. Just the, the typical on the on the nine two four is the dashboard they crack. Yes, 
but it's it's minor and it doesn't bother me. I can buy a cover to to go over it, but yeah. it doesn't bother me. It seems like a common a common fault in early Porsches, yeah. doesn't it? From the seventies, sixties yeah. Porsches all the way to the eighties. There's always that cracking somewhere. Yeah. It happens somewhere, yeah. Yeah. Um so what else then? So you, you, you purchase a car, you you take it back, you know, you take it back to home. Since you've yep. owned it, has anything major happened to the 94? Has anything majorly gone wrong that you've had to fix yourself or get a specialist to do? No, what, uh, what it, uh, I bought it in the, I think it was March in uh, 2019. And then um, I gradually I, um, started working on it, changing and looking for a new radiator uh, because that had a small leak in it. Um, and just fixing minor problems with it. Um, one of the things he had, it was the paint was cracked on the hood of the car. Um, and it, it was nothing special. It wasn't rusty or, or anything, but it was just cracked. The paint was cracked. Uh, so I had in my mind, it doesn't do anything to the driving of the car. So I can do that later on. Um, and at uh, the end of the year, uh, the car was um, getting ready for inspection. Uh, it went through with no problems. Um, I had my friend um, uh, change uh, because he had to do it in the garage and I don't like to do it in my garage. He changed the timing belt of the car um, and just major uh, maintenance um, and then w when I started uh, driving the car, it was small distances. And normally I would uh, go uh, with the car on, on one of the road trips. But I have tested the car so little. Uh, the, the max I did then in it was uh, a journey of 75 kilometers. And I should normally went to the Alps with it was, was something around a uh, thousand kilometers. So, right. um, uh, I had to Germany was, it was the first road trip. So I didn't have the confidence in the car yet. So I went with the Mercedes again. Okay. Um, but, um, um, when the first rain came, uh, I was driving the car. It it all came inside of the car. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that wasn't good. So you had to yeah. you had to replace all the seals. Was was it the window seals or? Yeah, it it was a glued in window, and probably when they were painting painting the car, um, the to to make the car dust free, they go over with an a sieve, uh, so yes. the it it takes all the dust away. Okay. But that ate at the glue of the window. Oh right. Uh, so I had to take the windows out. And if the window was out, uh, it, it had been in the car for several years and it has all stone chips. Okay. So um, I was looking for a new window um, and I found a, a good one, a new one in a shop in the Netherlands. But at that time it was Corona. So I ordered it and I yes. had to wait three months before I can get across the borders to get it. Um, and then me and a friend, we put it uh, in, in the car and uh, resealed it all again new trimmings new clamps to to hold yes. the trims of the of the windows so all the small things 
but with with all the corona it's it yeah, took so delays. much time yeah yeah, yeah and, but you and, find you uh, find sorry alan you find the 924 quite easy to work on mechanically like you find that it's as easy as working on say the golfs that you you're so familiar with or is it a little bit harder no it's 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 actually a very easy car to to work with it's it's also it's been a, a um from folks uh, f- there's a lot of volkswagen parts in it uh, beetle super beetle parts and everything there's there's a lot of and it's very easy it's not something hard or or it's just simple basic mechanics uh, in the car uh, the car doesn't have uh, a lot of options or anything it's just an interior uh, no power windows um, it has a standards radio but i, I deleted it um, i don't need a, a radio in the car um, so it's it's not that difficult actually so what about the transmission what about the gearbox is it a really nice gearbox in the 924s have you had to tweak that in any way or modify it or is it or was it already modified when you purchased it no it's it's a standard uh, uh four gear four gears so it's it's not uh, the five gear yet um it's very sloppy the the uh, <laughs> uh, when, when you hold it it's, really? it's like in <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really bad, but when when you get used to used to how I used to uh, use driving that, yeah, it's, to, it's yeah. not a problem. But but uh, when when you see um, on on TV Discovery <laughs> Channel, they they do uh, overhauling of a nine to four with wheeler dealers, and and they adjust that right to make it more of a short shift. And that's something maybe in the future I, I would do. But for now, the only thing I have to do now with a car um, is um, it has a specific um, uh, problem when it's heated. When it's very, I've uh, dro- driven a long time, it starts really difficult. So that's something in the fuel system that needs to be uh, rebuilt. And uh, the... Um, uh camshaft has to be uh the valves has to be adjusted again okay uh, but that's that's all <clears throat> so how was I, I didn't actually ask you about this how was that that feeling though because everyone has that first memory of driving you know their first porsche their first 911 their 924 the 944 for the very first time when you first actually buy it and you've got a porsche um and you know some people have more vivid memories of it as a kid you know, you sound like you're a little bit like me, like you kind of noticed it, but it wasn't really something you're always thinking about. How was the first drive in the 924? Was it all that you imagined? Was it was it was it a special moment? I, I did, because it was the cheapest model you can buy of a Porsche. Um, it's my expe- expectations weren't that high. Yeah. Um, it, it was just uh, an old car, and but it was a Porsche. And uh, the first thing I noticed that it corners unbelievably. It's it's nothing like I ever had before. Um, the Golf, the Audi, it was all on coilovers, but it doesn't corner like like this car. It's not very fast. It's 125 horsepower, so that's nothing uh, spectacular. But it's it's corners unbelievable. Still now, when I drive it um, on the highway, we have some very hard corners where you, uh, you have to reduce the speeds. With a Porsche, I can do it in a speed that's not the Audi nor the Golf could ever do. 
uh, it's just uh, modern cars as well. Uh, they, they they can't follow me because it, it goes like like a bat out of hell in a corner. That's great. So it's it's very good. Yeah. So that so that Porsche trait, that Porsche feature, like you know the design feature that's in 911s. You know, even though the 911 has the engine in the rear. Um, you know the thing that that Porsche do so well is that is that corner speed, isn't it? You know, it's the cor- it's not yeah. necessarily always straight line speed. It's that corner speed. You know, yeah. and I know in my nine nine seven, and I've spoken about it before. You know, like I was so surprised when you look down how fast you're going around a around a twisty corner, a mountain road, yeah. and you realize how fast you're going. And I thought, well, my and I had an yeah. Audi. I had a B six Avant, um, and yeah. there was no way that Audi could take that corner at that same no. speed. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? No way in the world. <laughs> I mean? even, even with its lowered suspension that it had on it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there was no way in the world. Yeah. So it surprises you. And it's interesting because yeah, I didn't realize, I didn't realize, Alan, that, that 924s and 944s had that same, you know, that same grip or that same, you know. So it's interesting. It's interesting that it is such an important yeah. thing for Porsche, that corner speed and that handling. No. Yeah, it, it is. It, it has to do with uh, the transaction. It, it almost has a perfect 50-50 weight distribution of the car. And if, if it's even like mine, it's a little bit lower on uh, small tires, um, uh, thin tires, so you don't have uh, the, the tire wall flexing. It, it, it really, it amazed me. It still amazes me uh, when I drive and go into a corner um when i go uh driving with some other cars and, and sometimes it's it with with porsches um very locally um on on small small roads where where the speed isn't high i can keep up no problem fantastic with with, with uh, 911s air cooled that's great uh but it's a little bit different. Uh, I have to go all out, and they're probably driving at fifty uh, percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, you're, you're, it's, continually, it's, you're continually yeah. changing, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> to get that power, to get that power. So, yeah. what else? What else are you planning? What What else is on the on the on the cards for the nine two four? What else are you planning to do with it? Any other modifications that will keep you out of trouble, or it's just general maintenance and repairs now? <laughs> Yeah, now, now for the for the moment, first uh, I will do uh, the engine, the rebuilding of the fuel uh, system, uh, and then the car got a little bit of rust, so it's nothing really serious. But uh, before it comes really serious, I have to take uh, take care of that first. But uh, those those are the things now planning. That's okay. the first thing I, I'm, I'm gonna do. Yeah. Fantastic. So. Um- are you going to keep this car for a while? This is a this is a you're not looking you're not looking for a nine six four or you're not looking for a nine four four or a nine six eight. This is the one that you're going to keep for a bit. Yeah, I never say never, but uh, you're always looking like all the guys you ask you. They're always looking for the you're next always, thing. So always looking, always always checking. Uh, last last night I was I was checking nine four fours and thinking oh. Uh, that's a nice one. No, you know what the problem is, Alan, and I find this for me when I'm editing the the owner stories. Every time I speak to someone with a different car, like even to you today, like all I want to do now is go and check the prices of nine two fours. You know, when no. I spoke to Dan, it's like I'm looking at nine four fours. You know, I I, I sent that I sent Daniel a link Dan from the previous owner stories. I sent him a link yesterday of a of a nine four four I found in New Zealand for only like around 10,000 Australian dollars. So I'm not sure what that is in euro. That's about 6,000, yeah. 7,000 euro, something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so which was quite cheap, you know what I mean? I mean, it had rust and it had stuff, but there's still, you know, everyone's trying to find that first Porsche or that first 911. And, you know, you cannot overlook 924s, 944s, you know what I mean? Because you can still find them at an okay price if you're willing to do a little bit of work and et cetera. Yeah. Correct? Uh, It is. And and it is. And and it it will be something nice for you, for example, this isn't much money. Eh? You're talking about a nine twelve. You're talking about a lot of Australian dollars. Yeah. Um, but if you check this out and you do a little bit of uh, work on it, you have a similar experience, I think, for a lot less money and a nice addition to to the fleets. And it, like you you said before uh, in the previous uh, owner story, the prices. Keep going up, so it's it's not a bad investment if you take it on for for a while. Yeah, and even even you know finding one in the UK, even here, you know what I mean? Because I'm in the UK, UK at the moment. Yeah. You know, I've looked at the prices of them a while back, and they're not that expensive. And even yeah. with the import cost into Australia, because the price is so low, you don't get hit with the higher tax that Australia puts on, which is a luxury car tax, yeah. because you know yeah. they're under that limit. You know, uh, and really the shipping you know, is going to be, you know, 5,000 Australians, so, yeah. you know, whatever that is in Europe. I don't know what it is in Europe, but 5,000 no. Australian, 4,000 US, something like that to ship it. it no. It's not that much when you added that onto the car. And like you said, if you put no. a little bit of money into it, and I think, you know, your story um, and Dan's story with his 944, you know, he bought his very cheap. He said it in the podcast. He's put a bit of money into it, but he bought a car that the engine was quite sound. You know what I mean? Like the compression no. and the engine was quite sound. And I think... Don't you think that's a good th- a good tip though for transaxles in general? It's like as long as you're, as long as the engine's quite good, I mean you're always going to have bits of rust, aren't you? It's going to be unavoidable to get a car without any rust in it. Mm. Uh, it's it's uh, depending uh, what the car has has suffered. You have owners who bought a nine four four and and took care of it like a baby. So you're not going to find it's it's not a rust. If not every car has has rust. But it's it's possible if if the car has two or three hundred thousand kilometers on it, yeah, it will probably have driven a lot and and stone chips and rust and and everything. But if you find a car that's well maintained and and taken care of, rust is I don't think it's it's going to be uh, an, an issue. Okay, I, I found similar like like you said, just a, a car yesterday. Here, uh, 944, um, exterior, uh, new paints, new interior, but it has a problem with the, with the engine. Uh, it, it goes, but the ignition goes uh, off again. Okay. So it probably in, in the injection system or the fuel pump or something that, that has a problem. And it's also 6,000 euros. Wow, that's uh, cheap. Is, uh, that a common, is that a common problem, the fuel pump, in these transaxle Porsches in, those, in that model year? No, no, I don't think so. It's it just a coincidence. Coincidence, uh, I think that that I had it uh, with uh, with mine. Um, I think because um, my car is now forty two years old, you'll probably uh, if you look it up on on the internet, some of cars will have it, but it's normal wear and tear. I think uh, for a car that's uh, forty two years 42 old. Forty two years old. Uh, yeah. True. True. Yeah. So, Alan, let's talk about – let's um, tell the listeners about, about what you do. You said you do it in the spare time. I wasn't sure whether you did it full-time yeah. or in your part-time. No, um, 
And you know, yeah. I'll just lead it in for you, so you can just tell the listeners a bit about what your what your photography business is all about. But you you said to me, you know, this is your first Porsche, but obviously you've taken photos, images of lots of Porsches. Um, and you know, I'm yeah. a fan of your Instagram. I have been for a long time. We've chatted yeah. backwards and forth yeah. over over quite a bit of time. Um, how did you get into the photography, and how did you? What are some of the most memorable cars you've taken images of? What are the most memorable Porsches you've taken images of? Well, the, it, it all started uh, with the same friend, Anthony, uh, and I were in an indoor classic uh, car show. And uh, we were looking at a photographer showing off his, uh, his pictures and, and selling them on. And uh, he said, oh, I really like this. Uh, and it was a, a front of a Porsche. And um, I think, oh, wow, that's a nice picture. And he really loved it. And uh, he's the godfather of my, uh, of my youngest son. Okay. And I thought maybe uh, it will be a nice uh, gift, uh, uh, Christmas gift for him. So I'm starting, um, I come home, I tell my wife and I said, I'm going to look for somebody who owns a Porsche and, and try to, to photograph it, uh, take, take nice pictures like that. So I can give him something uh, that he really wants. And I used to take pictures of my car, the tuned friends' uh, cars and everything, but nothing like uh, professionally or, or something like that. She's just in the spare time and uh, just out, out for fun. Um, and then uh, later on, I, I grew in the photography and um, I went into... Uh, uh, weddings and everything and started making a little bit of money uh, on it so I can buy better materials. Um, then I come, come back to the story. So I was looking for a Porsche to photograph um, and uh, here in my neighborhood uh, there was a guy with a Porsche and um, it was a nice car and he had two or three at a time. Uh, but I didn't know him. I said hi to him, but that, that was it. And uh, a colleague of mine knew him and he said, oh, it's, it's a good fella. Um, next time I see him, uh, I'll ask him and uh, if you can take his pictures of this car. So uh, there was a, I think um, if I have to look it up, I think in December 2016. Um, and the guy was called Bart. And didn't know much more of him. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. <Keep> um, <laughs> my friend uh, uh, has the connection with him. And he says, uh, you can add him on Facebook. Uh, ask him the question. Uh, he will do it and he will uh, meet with you. So I go on to his Facebook. Um, message him. And he says, yeah, we'll pick a date. And then we can shoot a car. Um and he asked me, when will you do it? And I said, at night. I love to uh, take pictures of cars at night and, and um, light painting the car. So the car, I light it up with a flashlight. And uh, he says, okay, that's uh, something special. Okay, no problem. Um, I'll meet you then and there. And then I start Googling his name. And I see that he, he's an analog uh, professional photographer who makes books of Porsches. Yes. <laughs> so uh, my nerves Did went that, I was uh, going to say, that must have made you very nervous then once you saw that. <laughs> yeah. How many books were yeah. out then? How many books of Bart's book, Flat Six Love Affair books um, were out? Was that one or two at that time? I or? think two. Two. Two, two okay. at the time, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I get very nervous meeting, uh, meeting this guy. 
Um, but it's it started out. We had a very nice conversation. He, he liked the photos that I took, and um, was awesome guy. Um, I said, yeah, I only have an hour time. Um, no problem. I'll take the pictures. I shot the photos. Uh, he liked them. He put it on his uh, Instagram, and I made a. Uh, a plexiglass uh, photo for my friends and he also really liked it and um, then I was in, com in contact with Bart and he uh, he started uh, I asked him one more time can I use one of your cars for uh, uh, communion uh, photography from a young kid who was really into into cars and uh, a Porsche would be awesome. He said, yeah, no problem. Is it okay uh, in front of my door? I said, okay. We took the pictures and, and I asked, said, Bart, you've done a lot of things for me. If there's ever something I can do for you, just let me know. And uh, he said, yeah, well, actually, I'm going on to a road trip. And uh, I would love a photographer. I, I don't take a lot of my gear with me, he said. Um, I'm just there for the driving and the camaraderie with the, with the guys, uh, good times with the guys. Uh, and I would like uh, you to join me for the photography. Oh, great. Yeah, that was a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I didn't think about that twice. This is where it all started. That's though. where it all started. Yeah. So where are those yeah. photos from his road trip? Are they just personal photos he, he kept for himself or were they published anywhere? No, um, yeah, we uh, on Instagram, of course. Uh, in in the beginning, this was um, let me see. I think uh, 2017. Uh, we we went on a road trip to uh, Cap Girine in France. Uh, it was very beautiful. Uh, what we do it's it's called flaternity, and it's it's we uh, I Bart organizes it. Great name. It's, we, Great name. Yeah. 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 It's um, they uh, book a small hotel where everybody can stay. It's fully booked. It's not a big hotel. It's just a small uh, hotel. Uh, we eat breakfast there and uh, uh, dinner as well there. And in the afternoon, uh, in in the rest of the day, you do what you you want to do. Nothing's obligated, or you just hang hang okay. out with the fellas. And some go driving left, some go driving right, some fantastic just go sightseeing. It's just a bunch of guys. So this uh, is every year. This is a yearly guys. thing. Yeah, we try to do that uh, every year, but now COVID has uh, ruined uh, two 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 uh, fraternities. Yeah. Because normally it was, yeah, normally um, uh, 2020 uh, was in the Alps, would be in the Alps, but it got canceled twice. So right. now we're thinking about going smaller somewhere, more local. Yeah. I'm sure all the listeners who are listening, um, we, because we're talking about Bart and we're talking about Flat Six Love Affair, but I'm sure most of the listeners, being all Porsche uh Porsche people, as we are, would know what Flat Six Love Affair is, the book. Um, so you and Bart are, are still kept friends. You're good friends and you still um, yeah. share the passion together because you live quite yeah. close to each other. So, Yeah, it's, it's one kilometer, I think. <laughs> one kilometer from, uh, from my door, yeah. Okay. I, uh, sometimes with, uh, with the Flat Six Love Affair, in the beginning, uh, I, w I, I went with him. Uh, so that's how I met uh, Rick uh, from Rico Customs. Uh, I shot the behind the scenes of the of the uh, of the cars. 
That's so great. Bart went there and I shot the behind yeah. the scenes uh, so he can post them already okay. on Instagram and, and everything. Fantastic. So everyone yeah. can check that out. I'm not sure. Is it is it yeah. under Flat Six Love Affair, Bart's um, Instagram? I can't remember what the tag is. No, it's just uh, Bart Karkis. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure most people he, he know. He posts everything there, but he's now, he's, he's now moving. He does still do the book because he has to make one. He's got uh, one more, to, one more right? Yeah, yeah, one yeah, more, yeah. yeah. But he's now also uh, very talented in, in shooting um, uh, profiles and, and portraits of, of, yeah, a lot of people, <laughs> including I, Jay Leno and everything. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I watched, I watched yeah. something on YouTube and it was very early on and he was talking about Flat Six Love Affair and he said, you know, I'm really glad I did this and I did one, but then I realized because I'm spelling out the word Porsche <laughs> that I have yeah. to keep doing them. And I think he was yeah. like doubting himself. He said, I- I'm not sure how I'm going to get to the <laughs> to the last yeah. book. Because you think about yeah. it, it's quite a feat, isn't it? Like to go through that many uh, that many versions of the book. But now he's got, obviously, a, I'm guessing he's got so many people that want to be in it. You know, so many people that want to be in yeah. that, that book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it it it's amazing how how he does it and and how if if you look at the first book, it's it's very very nice. But yeah. now he's he's in the stage shooting and and everything. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, they're great. He has also an unbelievable um, uh, contacts. Yeah, yeah contact yeah. persons. So here's a, here's a question for you, and I'm sure you're going to hate this question. But there's a lot of there's a lot of bad photos on Instagram. There's a lot of bad photos of cars and Porsches on Instagram. Bad angles, bad bad composition, bad crops. What's what's a what's a number one tip for people who want to take a really good shot of their Porsche, Alan? Whether they're using a point and shoot or an iPhone camera, what is what is the no. one thing that you would say is the most important, or one or two things you think is the most important to get a great shot of your Porsche? Uh, I, I always. Um what I find uh, especially um, makes the picture is the background. Just just make a, a good background, um, something special, or or take enough space between the car and the background, so the car stands out um, from your photo. If if you're in a busy street and and it's really busy, you can it the car blends into the picture. But if you're on a parking lot and you take some space between you and the and, and the background, the car really uh, jumps out of the picture. So that's something I, I would do. Uh, angles, every car has something special. If you go to a box, there's a really special. Uh, if you go to um, a wide body, the, 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 the side uh, arches are, are special. Yeah, it's it's all different. Every car, every posture has something different. So, what is that? What is that point on the nine on your car on the nine two four? What is the the thing that you think is the always the focal point that you always want to capture that you think is that special part of the nine two four? Well, actually, I I don't like to shoot my my own cars that much. <laughs> uh, uh, for for the time I have the car, um, I haven't taking a lot of pictures of it but the thing i like about uh, the most is um, the back wheels uh, the color and the spoiler of the uh, the side shot on on the back of the car that's something i I very very much like on on that car it's a nice it's a nice angle 
All right, we're almost we're almost at the end, um, and at the end, we always like to talk about uh, favorite driving roads. Um, and I know you've yeah. driven, you know, you, you've got on your Instagram. You went to Scotland in your Mercedes. Yeah. If someone's coming, apart from where you've been overseas, if someone's coming to Belgium, if they're coming to Antwerp, are there great driving roads where you would say take your nine eleven or take your Porsche or take your nine two four, and 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 drive yeah. it and enjoy it? What are the best roads around your area, or do you prefer to go further afield into um, into France or into Scotland, like you said? Yeah, yeah. Um, here in Antwerp, uh, there's not much roads. Uh, the thing um, I like to do um, if if I go shooting in Antwerp or, or just driving is the harbor. Uh, is is very nice. Because there's uh, in the weekends and, and on Sunday, there's not much traffic there and you have nice roads and some corners. But if you're really driving roads, you have to go to the Ardennes um, here in Belgium. It's, it's all twisty roads, uphill, downhill, very, very much, uh, very, uh, very fun roads to drive on with, with nice scenery. Okay. Um, the, the most beautiful that I've been are first Scotland. It's it's unbelievable, and the Black Forest in Germany. Yeah, I think someone uh, else said the Black Forest on a previous owner story. Is that supposed yeah. to be a fantastic drive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's that's unbelievable. We did that with uh, uh, most of the times when I go on these fraternities. I go. Uh, I love shooting. Uh, over there so I'm not driving I'm in the passenger seat I hop from one car to another car so you have a lot of uh, different angles because if you're always in one car you're shooting the car in front of you and that's it so if you hop from car to car you have an all different uh, uh, view of uh, photos um, but you feel also a lot of difference in the car if you're going from an air cool 911 to a 964 to a yeah. 966, 97, uh, 997. It's all so much different uh, to, to be in the, uh, in the passenger seat. Yeah, true, true. So, you, so when you went to Scotland, though, you took the W201, right? You took the Mercedes. You didn't yeah. take the yeah. Are you planning on taking the 924 to the roads in Scotland? You think that would work well in Scotland or not? Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, we were thinking about it, but it, it was uh, a road trip organized by Eurotrip. It's it's uh, an organization who does uh, organize uh, some drives like that. So it was with a lot of people. But you were the only thing they say is you go from this place to that place, and how you do it, uh, they don't care. They give options. But they set up camp in in a different um, camping area. Uh, they uh, if you want to, you can have breakfast or uh, dinner, and on the rest of the day, you're free to do whatever you want. Okay. Um, and and that was it was very beautiful over there. We we enjoyed so much, so much beautiful roads. Uh, it's like you're always driving next to water as always uh, yeah. somewhere. I'd love to do those. I'd love to do those roads in Scotland. I'd love to do those. Roads. In yeah. Germany as well, that Black Forest always comes up. And yeah. I, I saw an article about it. I think maybe it was in Porsche, Porsche's website. I think, I think it was on Porsche's mm. newsroom website. They, they had something there, some, some story about a drive there. Um, and the roads just look absolutely fantastic. 
absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it is. Alan, thank you so much. I think we're almost at the yes. end. We've gone a little bit over, yeah. and I knew we would today. And I know you said to me you, you didn't yeah. think you had a lot to talk about, and I knew we did. <laughs> I knew we did. Yeah. Uh, we're at about an hour and 15, so we've gone a little bit longer than normal. Yeah. I really appreciate being on the podcast. Is there anything you want to um, anything you want to say to the listeners before we go? Anything else you want to share about the 924 experience or anything else? Yeah, uh, for, for the transaxles, don't overlook them. Uh, if you're looking for for a, uh, for the moment still cheap car, um, it's it's a fun way of of starting the Porsche journey. Um, for you and and Steve, uh, I, I would like to say I'm going to search you. for them now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, to you and Steve, I would say thank you. Um, actually, we met uh, through Instagram, and you're the first. Uh, podcast uh, i ever listened to and thanks to you and also the smoking tire and uh, spikes car radio um i've listened to every episode uh, from when i started and it's it's been a journey i never would have thought two people talking about porsches uh, <laughs> would be so interesting so uh, thank you very much uh, and, and for me having me as well i appreciate it we appreciate it thank you alan and i'm, I'm glad you yeah. came on like i said you know you and i've been chatting yeah. on and off through instagram and like i said i yeah. really love your photos and i like your instagram and and i want thank all you. the and i want all the listeners to go and follow make sure you go and follow alan yeah. um and it's like i said it's at alan a-l-a-n v-e vertemon double m-e-n photography but the links in the the links in the description of the podcast go over there and say how uh say hello to lan and 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 tell him how much you enjoyed his story um it's been great meeting you alan it's been great chatting uh we'll yeah. keep in contact uh for sure um yeah. and um you know keep up those those photographs that you post i like i said i really enjoy yeah. them uh and i like i like the combination of your cars i like how you've got that merc that 201 it's another car that i've yeah. always liked i've always liked one yeah. i knew someone that owned one a long time ago a, a boss of mine had yeah. one um and they're uh, you know i've been in it a few times um i never i've never driven one i drove a 90s yeah. e cabriolet a couple of times who the same person owned one yeah. of those and they're just great cars to drive you know they're not super fast but they're just yeah. great cars to drive yeah it's a those are real nice uh, cruisers but because of the body of the um, 190 it's smaller it's it's a little bit more fun to drive because i drove the the same car um in a sedan in the in the e200 uh, 230 with the same engine it didn't drive the same as the, oh, the 190, okay. Okay. the W201. So, but you've been listening to Spikes Car Radio. I'm just going to bring it up. So Zuckerman's oh, just yeah. bought that Evo. Oh, my God. Thing. Oh, my God. And I was, listening to, I was listening to yesterday's episode and they were saying how many – did you hear that one, the latest one, where they were saying how, he had it parked in the car park at Malibu Kitchen or whatever it was, and there were so many kids, like younger kids, like thinking how yeah. great the car was. Like it's such an iconic – such yeah. a rare car though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think first of all in the States you don't see them as much. And and to see a real Evo 2, it's 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 unbelievable. But they're so expensive. I was gonna say there must be crazy money. Yes, Evo two DTM, right? There must be crazy money. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I saw one here at the at a show with some kilometers because uh, um his car was um 
not uh, not that much uh, kilometers, but with high kilometers, it was I think one hundred and eighty thousand euros. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It must have been like in the two hundred thousand yeah. euros at least, right? Yeah. At least. Yeah. All right, Alan. Thank you so much. Really yeah, enjoyed the you. chat. Thank you, Michael. Thank you so yeah, me much. Too. Um, great to have you See. on, and, and thanks for coming on during the middle of the day breaking your day up yeah no problem yeah that's it's uh, fun i'm on holiday so it's not uh, not a big deal oh good good (laughs) fantastic all right everyone um that's thank you alan all right everyone that was alan coming in from antwerp in belgium the first owner from belgium actually the very first owner from belgium we've had on owner stories so there you go alan's you're, you're number one um, Alan's got his 94, 94 Outlaw and his Mercedes W201. Like I said, go and follow him on Instagram and, and say hello. Um, I'll put it in the link. And that's about it for today. Thanks for listening to the Portugal podcast. This is Owner Stories number, five, uh, number 40, not number five, number 45. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.